are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, and across the school desk from me is... Wayne Randolph. Wayne David Randolph, that is correct. What's your middle name? Ian. Good. Christopher Next Ian podcast. Seals. I feel like Ian, I, I really like the name, but I feel like it doesn't have the same ring as Wayne David Randolph. I have always been actually a really big fan of my full name. Yeah, it's like uh, like you could be a cult leader. I kind of am. Uh, have you ever seen uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I've I've watched some of that. Yeah, what was his name? I don't remember something his name. Wayne, but that's, Gary Wayne or something. Oh, uh, was it really Wayne? Yeah. Do you know my my name means wagon maker? <laughs> that's why I, when I said I like my name, it's like when it's like Wayne David Randolph. That means something. This is not what our podcast is about. Chris. Wagon makers one hundred and one. <laughs> Join us on our offshoot podcast, Wagons for All. Hey, um, I like you. Hey, Wayne. Yeah, what's up, dude? Have you ever heard a small child cuss? Yes, I have. How does it make you feel when you see, like, I don't know, a two- to three-year-old say a cuss word? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'll just I'll start with shocked and freaked out. Uh-huh. And is it okay to confess that it, I find a little bit of, like, ah, also like humor? Yes. It, is it okay to say? I think so. It's kind of funny, dude. Yeah, that's I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel really like a jerk. No, no, no that's... Um, that's probably my first response. Like, like I, what the heck? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> we have we have some um, close friends of ours, um, and they have a even like when it's not even on purpose cussing. Um, like, we had one of our friends; their kid couldn't pronounce the word "fox." Um, and um, at one point in a sushi restaurant, we convinced them to say "oh yes. fox." Yes, um, and it was loud. And like, the, how old's the kid? I don't know, maybe like two to three. Perfect. Yeah, and yeah. so we had to. Like the the impulse is to like cover your mouth and like try not to laugh because then it reinforces the behavior. <laughs> totally. Um, my my daughter may or may not have picked up a word or two along the way, and it seems like she uses it well in context. And like same thing, <laughs> I, I'm trying to do my best not oh, to reinforce that behavior. Yeah. Like eventually, I should probably. In, in our previous podcast, we've talked about how prohibition creates desire. So I, I also kind of <laughs> don't want to say, make sure that you don't say this word right. because then that's going to create the drive and desire to say it. Um, but what I find fascinating for her is, um, let's just say, for example, that she says the F word. Okay, for example. Um, for example, not necessarily that this is the case. Hypothetical child. Right, right, fine. Um, <laughs> says the F word. Um, and she says it in context. However... When when I look at this hypothetical child, um, it's really funny because she doesn't understand what she's saying, even if she is saying it correctly in context. Right, right, right. Yeah. It, so we yeah we're we're attributing way too much. Right. She <laughs> she knows the right social cues and the right context in which she needs to say something, but she doesn't necessarily know everything that she's saying. Hmm. Yeah. And so the reason I bring this up is because I think that. In the same way that my hypothetical daughter saying the F word, she can say it in context, even if she doesn't know what it means. I feel like we as Christians have a lot of those phrases as well. Like there are, there, are things, <laughs> yeah. there are things that we can say and we're like, this is the right place to say this phrase and right. use this word. Right. But if you asked, what does it mean? Like my daughter can't explain what the F word is and why people are offended by its usage. <laughs> um, but she knows like... Oh, she kicked one of her doll. My hypothetical daughter. Um, she she kicked one of her dolls, um, and just like it comes out, and it's funny. Right. Um, but she doesn't really understand what she's saying. Right. Right. Um, and I th- and I think that yeah, we as Christians have um, there there are scripts. We've we've collected a few of these. Yeah. yeah. We have collected a few through the years. And and there are things that we say which actually are pretty profound. A lot of them are rooted in scripture. Um, a lot of them are rooted in Christian tradition. Perfect. Um, and people say them. And they say them in the right contexts, but are we really sure we know what we're saying right. when we and say I, them? Yeah, and I love that. I love that you even like say it like that way. Like there are things, you know, as as Bible teachers, we will often like tell our kids like when we ask a question, like, "Hey, don't give me the Bible school an- or don't give me the Sunday school answer." Uh, and what we mean by that, right, is don't don't just regurgitate some stuff that you've heard. Like we want to know that you mm. understand it. But then I'm always, you know, quick to like remind them, like, but there's a reason it's the Sunday school answer, yeah, because it is the right answer. Yep. It makes me think of like Israel uh, and some of the prophets when God's telling them, like, man, your traditions are starting to make me sick. 
Yeah. Like you guys are doing the right things. You're 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 burning the right animal. Right. Weird. Mm. Uh, yeah. You're 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 doing all the 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 correct you know traditions, but you you've lost the meaning, right? Yep. Um, and so, man, I, I know that. I'm pretty sure everything on our list right now that we're going to go through, and, and we haven't really shared lists, but I know that they have come up um, kind of scattered through other podcasts, yep. and we just kind of thought today would be a cool one just to kind of jump through some of those and yeah. and, and uh, maybe – we always use the word unpack, but um, yeah, let's let's maybe talk about like time and place and meaning of those things. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you want to do this? So how about this? At the end of a prayer, um, how, does, how do Christians – how are we supposed to end a prayer? Supposed to? I don't. I don't uh, to well, be I mean, honest, you know I don't know. If there's mean, a, like the, the okay. Sunday school supposed to. Oh, amen. Amen. What, what happens before that? Because amen isn't good enough. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes it's too. It's like in your name. Yeah, in your name. In Jesus' name. Um, and the way I, cause I sort of grew up hearing that, not even grew up, but the way that this was used and the way that it, what it meant in my psyche for a really long time was the magic word is Jesus. And if I don't say his name at the end of a prayer, then what that means is my prayer won't be heard. You did not follow the formula correctly. Exactly. Right? And right? Since and I so, didn't yeah, it's going to backfire. It correctly. Yeah. It's sort of like um, the secret password to get into a club, but you say it at the end, like on your way out Ooh. of the club. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I like so that. If, I, if I don't say in Jesus' name, then my prayer doesn't get heard. You know what would be interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, I might do this in class tomorrow. I might, I might just ask my students. Why do you say in Jesus' name? Yeah. What do you think the answer I'll get, by the way? Um, I think... Because my mom does. Because <laughs> <laughs> you um, do. <laughs> well, doesn't, doesn't he tell us to pray like that? There it is, yeah. 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 Ask for anything in my name there and it'll go. be given to you. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So what... For a lot of us Christians who use that phrase and use that terminology, um, maybe we should get to the origin of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you? I don't know if you've seen some of these... <laughs> uh, bless me. you. Sneezes was loud. It sounded like goofy. <laughs> um, I, I think that we've... For, I don't know why I always think of this, but when I think of in the name of outside of that context, I think um, I claim this land in the name of the queen. Oh, wow. Actually, and then as I was saying that, I also thought of Rage Against the Machine. That's where I was killing in <laughs> the name of. The name yep, of. That's where my mind went. Right. I was all excited. Yeah. And what do we mean when we say, like, I claim this land in the name of the queen or I drop bombs on this, these people in the yeah. name of America? Like, on, on behalf of, yeah. with the authority of, yeah, right? With the authority yeah. of, on behalf of, maybe in the same spirit yeah. as. Yeah. And so if Jesus, he's not saying, hey, guys. Uh, I don't think it means that. Yeah. He, he's not saying, hey, guys, um, here's the secret password. Just say my name. Right. And, and you can get heard by the father. He's, mm. he's rather he's saying, hey, when you pray to the father, when you pray like you bring my authority, you, you pray on behalf of me and you center your heart with the things that I want and ask for those. And heck yeah, if you ask for the things that I want and desire, absolutely. Yeah. Those things will come to pass. Yeah. I, I also think of it as, um, as mediator and, and you, you have that a lot in, in a lot of religions, you know, that there, there is this go between, between the humans and, and the deity. Yeah. And, um, you know, G- Jesus is, he is our mediator, right? He says, I, no one gets to the Father but through me. And, and so, I, yeah, I see that there as well. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. And w- while we're on the prayer topic, um, uh-huh. can I throw another one in there? <laughs> oh, can, can we just can, do all our prayer ones right yeah, now? Because i got a couple. Yeah, can I just, can I, can I just ask? Well, just, let, me just, let me just ask you. Well, and Wayne, I was just thinking, Wayne, if what, you would just Just what do you want me? If, if you could just tell me what you're just thinking. Anybody who <laughs> I love, by the way, and who's close to me, if you say those words, I'm not making fun of you right now. <laughs> True. Well, why are we saying that so much? Yeah. I, where did this one come from, Chris? Yeah, I, I actually. I do you know where this one came from? I, okay. So here's my. By the way, if you're not picking up on this, the, oh yeah, we're talking about the usage of the word "just." Uh, dear Jesus, can you just um, bless my food and just help me in my work today? And and I just um, pray that you would just yeah allow me to have just a good day. Yeah, from from a language perspective, it, it's a <laughs> yeah, it's not very useful. Yeah, um, here's it, what here's what I think is going on. This is my I hypothesis. feel like it's a disclaimer. Yeah, I think it's a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> Sorry to, I, to rob your hypothesis. I, one of our good friends, Gabriel, actually spoke a sermon on it, and he's saying sort of Ooh. like almost like a limiting of God's power. Dude, that's like, that's how I hear it. That, that and that's okay. why like it irks me because yeah. I'm I'm like. 
No, no, you're talking. You're talking about God. Like, so, yeah, yeah. so you are you are believing that this this creature is who he says he is. I just called him a creature, but that this thing is who he says he is, which is which is like all powerful. Yeah. We say that, and so right. then when I said, "Can you just do this?" Right. It's it's, it, it's like asking Michael Jordan, like. Can you, can, can you just do a layup? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, right. We, we totally got off Gabriel and your uh, hypothesis. But. No, but yeah, that's good. So part of it sounds limiting, but I'm thinking my hypothesis is I think that the word just is almost like, I, I feel like in our culture at least, is a, is a word to indicate um, sincerity. Interesting. Like I, I have a different I, hypothesis when you're done. Yeah. I, I just really care about that guy. Like it's, okay, yeah, that it's works. something yep. that we throw uh-huh. in there to uh-huh. be like... I, I really mean what I'm about to say. Mm. And if we insert the word just, it kind of like adds to it a, a God, level of... God, will you just come down yeah, and, exactly. and do something? There's like an authenticity and insincerity that's like trying to be communicated with it, yeah. which is ironic if authenticity and sincerity <laughs> is the purpose of it. And then we use it like a another magic word. Um, yeah. Then we're probably missing the point. Um, yeah. Uh, Chris, I I hear it and I cringe um, like our friend Gabriel. Um, because I do feel like it is limiting God. I don't think that's... By the way, if you're a just prayer, um, we're, we're not saying that you are intentionally trying to limit God or, or even do that. Um, it is... I, I think it is more enculturation, um, that, that, that we hear other people do it, and so then we emulate. Um, but my filter seems it more as... Um, I don't want to say insincere, but as a more of a skeptical prayer. Hmm. Um, like, they're, like you're not super confident. Interesting. Um, and, and so it's like... Hey, can you can you just do this little this little old thing for you know just small little insignificant me? Like, yeah. Can you? Yeah. So it's, but I mean even that tells us like the way we interpret it. We're both yeah. hearing it differently, but we have no we have no reason for its origins in the text or yeah. in the tradition. So maybe this is one we can say, hey, um, listen to yourself pray. Yeah. Listen to other people pray. Let's be intentional and, about and the let's, words. Yeah. Let's be careful with that word. Let, let's yeah. let's not pass that one on. I don't I don't want my son to think about talking with God using, using that type of language. Right. Like having to learn, learn the code. Yeah. Cause, yep. cause he just doesn't need that. <laughs> Gig to you. Yeah. Um, and give me, you said you alluded to having some more prayer, A ones. prayer one. Chris, this is one. Um, I'm not going to say it irks me cause it's so, it's, it's silly for it to irk me. Um, but it, it, it irks me. <laughs> <laughs> it irks me from like more of a, a, a cultural and like social context, like, mm-hmm. like, ah, Christians, stop doing this. Um, we bless our food or we ask somebody mm-hmm. like, you know, we have meetings here and we will have a meeting and then we're going to have lunch. And so we'll, we'll pick somebody in, in, in the group to, you know, pray a blessing over the yeah. food. Um, and this is not one I'm, I'm, I'll even start it as I get closer to that. Like, this is not in any way, like, again, mad at people. Th- mm. th- this is you have to really get into the text and study or, or have somebody who's done that like inform you. But um, the whole idea of blessing the food, if you really stop and think about it, is, is weird. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, when I think of blessings, I think of blessings happen to people and yeah. are given to people or well, persons. I mean, think about all the Beatitudes, right? Yeah. Like, like, blessed is this, blessed is this. Oh, by the way, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and bless my tortilla. Right. Um, and it... it, it it seems to come from what what I can understand is that it comes from um, when Jesus um, at the feeding mm-hmm. of the five thousand like lifts the the food up and 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 it says he blesses it mm. uh, in the NIV I believe it says that and and the Jewish tradition actually though would be that he is holding the the food up and mm. he is blessing God for being a good provider of grain and water and the ability to make bread and the ability to catch fish. The ability to cook the fish, yep. the ability to eat the fish, like so, it, it really it goes back to this idea of constantly blessing God, right. no matter Baruchata what. Barukata, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it really is blessed are you, O Lord, our God, Creator of the universe, you know, Maker of grain, right? right. Like, um, and so um, this will be one that I think is so deep in inculturated. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the right word there? Um, like it's it's so deep in our culture yeah. um, that uh, I think that's where I feel the pushback is like I I want to help get that one out. And, yeah. and I think what's cool about this idea too is when you really think about the, the, the focus, when we're talking about bless our food, we're really asking God again to like come into my reality mm-hmm. and like endorse to a degree kind of my reality. Yeah. And the idea of the Baruch was to step outside of my daily reality right. and to see it through the lens of the Father, and which which was to 
bless him constantly. And to bless God for that. Right. Yeah. Which is, and even that, even that even like goes into like what the apostle, the apostle Paul is saying, like when he talks about like, like pray ceaselessly, it's, right. it's this idea of looking around and constantly being able to bless God for all experiences around you and not see it through your own selfish humanity. Right. And some of the translations even say, um, and giving thanks, right. Yeah. I think uh, in, in the last it's supper and it's like, and, and having given thanks, right. He, he broke the bread, right. right? Which, which would be in the English would be a lot, a lot closer to right. blessing and thanking God as opposed to blessing the, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll be snotty for a second. Like what happens if, if I eat my food and, and we didn't bless it? Like, yeah. so what does that mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, a, I think there's a Julian Smith video that it's like, it, it's a marketing ploy for pre-blessed food. Nice. Um, and it's like pictures of like people praying over like oh, individual boxes of food so it. that you don't have to worry about it. It's already yeah. been pre-blessed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, Hey, Hey Christians, if you don't believe us, go look this one up. Uh, well, you should do that all the times, yeah. but go look that up yeah. and uh, let's change this one. Cause it, it really is, is giving God the credit and honor that he deserves. I think that's as I unpack it a little bit more and say that out loud, yeah. that's probably why it, it irks me. Yeah. Um, bless my food is weird. Blessing God for being a provider yep. is really neat. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and it, it helps my heart. And when that's our <laughs> frame of reference, then out of that gratitude, then we can also think about mm. those who don't have food. And then, right. and then if we are going to supplicate blessing, then then we can do it on behalf of those who don't have food. You're a good human being. All right. So what's your next one? Um, uh, <laughs> as far as prayer, um, two words oh. that pop up a lot, um, particularly with protection in mind, is um, traveling mercies. And a hedge of a protection. A hedge of protection. Yes. Um, whenever I think of a hedge, I think <laughs> yep. of boxwood hedges. Yep. Oh. Or natal plum. You did landscaping, didn't you? Or ligustrum. Ligustrum is really a bad hedge because it grows too fast. Yeah. You have to like and trim rats. it every three days. Oh. Right? We have a rat problem. Should I not say that? We digress. Okay. <laughs> so hedge of protection. Hedge of um, protection. I, I think of like an angelic hedge of protection. Um, usually I feel like I've heard this more in maybe some of my more Pentecostal circles that I've uh, to- oh, totally. been in. I don't, I don't hear a lot of Baptists asking for a hedge of protection. No. Yeah. It's hard when I, <laughs> I, um, when I hear that one, I, <laughs> I always visual, like do visualize like this hedge and I, I always laugh cause I don't feel like hedges protect me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> do you, you know, I'm like, like, I mean, I'll get scratched up, but like I can run through a hedge. Right. I can, in the back in the day, I could jump over a hedge. Yeah. So what in the world? Where is, where is this well, one coming I, from, Chris? I don't even know. I don't even know where this comes from, but I think it's another good example of like one of those phrases that meant something a while ago, but then we, we recycle it because it, it sort of smacks of like faith and religion. You know what I mean? Like it, it sounds a little bit more religious than yeah. saying, God, please protect me or yeah. put, put a wall around me. And like, Which is really kind of what a hedge is saying right yeah it's like putting put something in between me and danger i guess right um Hmm. and so i think that i i'm not even sure that this one necessarily needs to be thrown out but but what i am saying is if what what i worry about is when we hear a phrase that we're like oh that sounds interesting and then we repeat it just because it sounds more holy than saying um, protect me while I drive. Right. Don't let me die in a car crash. But so instead we say traveling mercies. Right. Um, and, and I think that it, I think it's okay to have like spiritual vocabulary that is loaded in deep, but if, if it's vocabulary that's esoteric for the sake of being esoteric, um, or just different then then I think we might be getting into games and we might need to check what's going on in our hearts. Mm. If, if we're just playing those sorts of games, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't even think like outside of a outside of a prayer or a prayer request list, I don't think that I would ask for traveling mercies. I'm like, oh hey, like friend, have hope you have traveling mercies as you go on your trip. Right. So it really it really is like it's like a quick Christian Hallmark card. Yeah, it's it's a way of saying right. You, and you go to the section right. I'm Sympathy, get well. Oh, traveling. Okay, here's the traveling mis- mercies <laughs> card. Yes. Hey, traveling mercies to God. Yeah. 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 It's, it's it's a strange one. The hedge one. Um, there is some stuff in scripture. I was just looking as we were talking. There is some stuff in scripture, and like even in Job, it talks about like, did you put a hedge around him? Mm. And I mean, when we're talking hedge, I, I think the simplest thing there, like you, t- you said, like a wall, yeah. but like a hedge would would protect, especially if you had thorns. Like right. a hedge is going to protect you from like animals coming in, and if you 
look at more nomadic cultures and, and um, agrarian cultures, you'd see, yeah. you'd see stuff like that. And so it makes sense contextually then. And so, right. yeah, so maybe today when we say it, uh, maybe it would be better to use more common language so right. that we actually understand what we're praying. Sure. And that's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah. So we understand what we're saying. Because yeah, when I say hedge of protection, if I pray that, my nine-year-old son who really wants to please me, right. <laughs> like really bad wants to please me, he might start praying that. And the I guess the trapping, and you kind of alluded to this, but the trapping there is someone else might hear him. It's like, wow. You know, this this kid Noah is a really yeah. you know, he really is super Christian, but like he might not even know what the heck he's saying. Right. But like, exactly. hey, hey, protect me. Protect my yeah. dad today. Can you just like I don't know what it looks like, God, can you like build like a Lego set around him? Right. <gasps> Lego set of protection. Can we start praying <laughs> in that? I, yeah. I, I, yeah, and I, I think that like I wanna be careful here to to not like poo poo. Um, the voc- vocab that we use, but yeah, we're, what, what we're saying is like, do we know what we're we're talking about? Like, yes, do we know what we're absolutely. saying? Right? Yeah, do we know what we're saying? When let's we say be it? aware and not um, not use it because I think that yeah, the more you enter yourself into a world, the more you find yourself using that vocabulary. And so, if because you like, if you went through the Book of Job and like that verse, like just really rung true for you, and as a result, like those are the words that you use, then then hallelujah. Like go for it, you know what I mean. Right. Um, but it, but if we're saying it just because we heard someone else say it in a prayer, um, and it sounds cooler than saying "Don't let me die in a car crash," um, then, <laughs> then maybe then maybe we should maybe we should we should be checking why we're saying those things. Right? Yeah, even, yeah. I'm even thinking of like our like people who play role playing games, like because they're into role playing games, because they play D and D, they have their own vocabulary, right? Right. Um, and that's fine because that's what they're into and it means something to them. They're not just trying to sound cool, but that's what it's, that's what the world is to them. Yeah. So have you ever heard some Christianese from somebody and either like you didn't fully understand it or maybe like they like maybe misuse it or they didn't understand? Yes. Yeah. And, that, and then like how does that stuff make you feel? Um, yes, often. And the couple of phrases that come to mind are by the grace of God. Um, and it makes me feel weird because sometimes it makes me think that then others who don't experience what they experienced means they didn't have the grace of God. Um, and then the other one is in spirit and in truth, which I just don't really know what they mean when they say that. Yes. Um, I think, uh, being, uh, so ill a lot of times when I'm feeling either my blood levels are dropping or I'm feeling, you know, overwhelmed with something, people will say things like, you know, just give it to God or just let God take it. And it's like, yeah, I get that, but it still means that I need to live my life in this reality. Um, And I do trust God. I know that he has my future, but in this moment, there's still things that I need to be doing to be obedient to him and what he's called me to. Um, some of the phrases I've heard is just have faith or don't worry, God's got this, which is true, but also sometimes frustrating because when you can't see something and when you can't um, necessarily hear God or see him, it's hard for us to just have faith and we want answers. And, um, and while having faith is a really big thing in our religion, it also helps when we need help that something is provided for us. And it's frustrating when we don't get that, even though we can't see God's plan. You know, I, I recently, I like the way you said that, by the way. Also, I used to play those games. Be careful who you're talking about. Um, there's a, a book that I read recently. I'm a dark elf uh, thief. I was never a dark elf. I was a wood elf. Chris, come you on. You know better. I was a ranger. Um, there's a book that I have been reading, and I don't know how to say Homeboy's last name, um, I, but I believe it is um, Galtier. Um, but it's Bill Galtier. Uh, he was a disciple of or you know, mentored under mm-hmm. Dallas Willard. Mm-hmm. Self-shepherding, right? Um, yeah, self-shepherding. Yeah, yeah sending some yeah. stuff. So he, he has this thing called the Jesus Apprentice Prayer. And there's a line in it that actually got me thinking. We were talking about like traveling mercies and, and mm-hmm. hedge of protection. There's a line in it that I've I've always really appreciated because it's really honest. Um, and, I, and so I just, just want to throw it out because I, I think that this makes a little more sense to me. But it just says like, um, Dear Father, I ask you to, do or, to ordain the events of this day and use them to make me more like Jesus. And then this is kind of the part. I ask and trust you, sovereign Lord, that you won't let anything happen to my family or me today, except that it passes through your loving hands. Hmm. And so I, to me, that's kind of that filter again. It's like, I do want protection. I do yeah. want a hedge of protection. I do want traveling mercies. I want to be safe, but I'm going to trust God that whatever happens, like I'm going to, I'm going to try to see it kind of through your filter. And right. I, right? Is that, does that make yeah. sense? I feel like that's a little bit more... 
um, even though it's somebody else's words, it's a little bit more maybe authentic and raw from yeah. my heart of what I'm actually, the heart of what I'm saying when I say sure. traveling mercies and stuff. Absolutely. Meh. Cool. Meh. <laughs> um, Do you have any other prayer ones? I don't, I don't think I have any other prayer ones. You, I, I will throw one out. And, and this, this might kind of be in the, in the same vein. This is probably its own podcast. But um, we've been talking about um, some depression stuff lately mm-hmm. and sadness and fake joy. And um, literally was late coming to record with you because I'm sitting with a student who's dealing with some of those things. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that she brought up was like, man, you know, it's even harder for me here in, this, in the Christian culture because people will say, um, like, just give it to God. Mm. Um, or, or, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a long one. Yeah. Um, give it, it to God, it, give it to God or, 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 or pray about it. And, and man, I, I'm going to imagine that I just heard a loud groan inside from everybody listening, all yeah. 212 of you. Um, our numbers are going up. See that? <laughs> but, but, but this, like, just, just give it to God. Um, wow. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. Uh, well, first of all, this the is word word just made an appearance in that phrase. Yeah, just, like, just give, give it to God. Just, like, well, like it's just that easy. Yeah, just, that's right? all you got to do. Just is more of like it's not even a qualifier. It's more like a minimizer. Yeah, that yeah. it's just no big deal. Just give it to God. And I I don't know. I'm just gonna kind of go. I'm just gonna go off of, uh, my gut uh-huh. and say um, I think part of this comes from Jesus saying like, "Come to me, all you who are burdened and mm. weary," right? And I, I will give you rest. Like, um, like. Give it to me, I will carry it, kind of thing. Right. And um, there's truth in what, obviously, there's truth in what Jesus is saying, and there's right. truth in the statement about give it to God. But wh- why is this one kind of like a, do we know what we're saying? Yeah. This might be one of those ones where maybe maybe we don't want to say this one. Yeah, I, I if, think. If I'm being honest. Yeah, to a, to a large <laughs> extent. I think that you can totally say this in the past tense about your own experience. Right. Um, unless you're using your own experience and projecting it on another person and saying, be like me. This is how Christianity works. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that... That's a good point, Chris. I, I think that we could almost replace the phrase of just give it to God with, like, why don't you take um, why don't you take a God Vicodin and yep. he'll soothe away yep. your, yep. your worries and your pain. Read two Psalms of Vicodin and you'll be okay tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that that's one... We don't even, for the most part, I don't even know what that means. That's, like, what, to, that's to what I was going to say is, is, is I, I would I would just kind of challenge our family, our Christian family. Yeah. And if, if someone tells you that and you have a relationship with them, especially, um, challenge them what that means. Right. Hey, what, what does that look like for you? And, and I mean, do it with a, a loving heart. Right. But like, what does that look like for you? Right. Yeah. Like, what, what does that mean? Have you, have you been taught to give it to God? Yeah. And, and if it's, um, this is going to sound limiting when I say just, but if you're telling me just to pray about it, somebody who's in the middle of funk. Right. right, who's down? Um, they've already prayed about it, and that's why they're still down because nothing's yep. changed yet, um, unless it has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's one that maybe, I'm sure we will unpack later in more podcasts. But right. maybe that's one that you just we just don't say unless you, unless you really you have the ability to tell somebody what that means, what that looks like, mm-hmm. or you have the opportunity to walk through them as they attempt to give it to God. Right, and part of what's built into that is release of control, which. Right. In some cases, when people, I've heard people say, I, I just need to give it to God, when I'm like, no, 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 you need to actually try in this thing. You, you've been putting out no <laughs> right. effort whatsoever. Right. This is not escapism. Yeah. Right. Can, no, you, that's... can you please actually pick it up for yeah. a second and actually yeah. work on your family yeah. or try to listen to your kid or yeah. instead of just giving it to God? Yeah. I mean, yeah. which, yes, he is control in some, like for... For our Enneagram ones or our control <laughs> freaks or our perfectionists out there, absolutely. Maybe for you it means relinquishing control over something. Right. But for a lot of you who are doing nothing and that's why things are failing, right. maybe, you, maybe you need to Yeah, maybe you need to pr- pursue God yeah. and just pick it up and yeah. pursue health, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I know we have a couple other ones that are – Yeah. So maybe done with prayer for now? Sure. Um, here's one of my wife's favorites, um, by the grace of God. Hmm. Um, now, first of all, theologically – pretty stinking accurate um if you're like even the fact that we have breath if grace means gift right if charis it's it's a gift from god Mm -hmm. then absolutely every breath is a is by the grace of god every act um of life and beauty and love that we experience is is by the grace of god um however how um we often hear this phrase used is by the grace of god something bad didn't happen Mm. So what we mean then is <laughs> yeah, here we go. Um, when someone says like, by the grace of God, um, you know, when I stubbed my toe, my toe- toenail didn't fall all the way off. Right. But then 
we have to ask the question, well, then where was the grace of God when that orphan died yep. of a curable disease? Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and uh, yep. yes, every breath that that orphan had before dying was by the grace of God. Absolutely. That's right. Um, but, but we might be raising some quandaries when we use that phrase kind of like flippantly. Flippantly. That's, I'm so glad you said that. When you were talking, that was the word that kept coming to my mind. Mm. That, there's another like, Christianese thing that we throw out that um, it, begins, it begins to lose its oomph yeah. <laughs> when, when, it's, when it is for a parking spot Absolutely. <laughs> or yeah. for a big toe. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not saying that we need to stop using nope. that, but nope. let's let's be aware of how loaded that can be for like um someone who just had a miscarriage. That's it. I was going to say for be aware for for those listening, for those around yeah. you. Um yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's that and, is a and, good one. and I think that the gratitude that's inspired by that, um I think that's good. Um but yeah. Yeah. Did, be... did you feel a little scared to say that one out loud knowing that I have that tattooed on my body like <laughs> saved by grace? <laughs> no. Because I'll beat you up afterwards, I bro. Know it. I know. No, I won't. I'll okay. Run. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> there's a, there's one run. that's like closely related to that. Um, I think that you um, maybe texted me this earlier, but it's God is in charge. God is in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this one, um, I actually. I put onto our list because... You know, or God is in control. God is in control. God's in charge. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of the- theological baggage attached to that right. statement. Um, I'm going to use your scenario with the orphan dying mm-hmm. again. If God is in charge, why is the orphan dying? Yeah. If God is in control, I mean, just fill in the blank, right? right? Um, and if, this, if, is the, this is the problem of evil. This is the problem of suffering. Like if if God is 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 ruling, mm-hmm. then, then I have issues with him because things are happening on his watch um, that do not align with the character that he has revealed to me Yeah, if and he's if, currently ruling. And if these questions have never surfaced in your mind, go back a few episodes and listen to the uh, All Roads Lead to Foreknowledge yeah. episode because that's kind of what's at the crux of yeah. the way we think about God's foreknowledge and the way he interacts or interposes his will in right. this whole conversation. Right. And there's multiple ways that the Christian community has dealt with this, but... The fact that there are entire denomination and sects mm. and division lines among yeah. the way that Christians because process reality yeah. um, is because of like phrases like this. Yeah, and and the the thing you know, I, I'll just ex- express it how I do with my students. Um, this comes up in ninth grade Bible when I mean you cannot go through Bible stories without being like, "What the heck, God?" Yeah, right. What the heck? And um, something that I think is important and man, there's going to be a lot to unpack. So we'll we'll keep it shallow. Yeah. <laughs> The thing I always point to my students is is in the story, in the gospel stories, we, we have Jesus prior, like right after getting baptized, prior to starting his ministry, get, gets these temptations. Um, and he's tempted. And yeah. the last temptation is from this, you know, from the Satan um, telling him, hey, all of this could be yours, hmm. right? Like if you bow to me, all of this can be yours. And so, you know, philosophically, kind of this, or logically, like with my students, what I'm saying is like, how can Jesus be tempted by this, yeah. this, well, temptation, right? By, by this, like, just bow to me. How can he be tempted if Satan does not have something to offer him? Yeah. And, and, and note that Jesus' response doesn't even say, it's not really yours. That's right. He, he doesn't. He responds otherwise. Yeah. And, and, and we, yeah, we can get into some fun arguments. Yes. Yeah. Satan's the great liar. And so, you yeah. know, he's, but, but. Jesus was tempted. I mean, there's a reason it says he was tempted. And so th- this would have been a temptation. This was a temptation for Israel. This is a temptation for all of humanity yeah. um, is to give in. And the be- one of the beautiful things about the humanness of Christ is that he, he did not give in to the temptation and he uses scripture. He doesn't use his oogly boogly Jesus powers. He uses right. scripture. And so um, telling us that we can do so, we can resist that temptation, but it, you know, I kind of digress a little bit, but 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 what's at at stake there is that God is not does not seem to be ruling over the earth, or else we have, again we have issues because mm. look at, around our world. Right. And so the red flags that come up for people, at least for my students, is wait, what are you saying then about God and His sovereignty? Mm. And yeah. and this kind of leads into our next one, which is His kingdom's not here. Yeah, His kingdom is not here. So if yeah. God's kingdom was here, then all of our issues with God would be very valid. Yeah. God, if your kingdom's here, then then why is this happening? Yep. But his kingdom's not here, um, and so we we are awaiting. So we live as if we're participants in that. But that kind of leads us to our next right. one. Is there more to unpack in that one a little bit? There's probably a million things to unpack. Um, and Hopefully, audience, that makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, like, sovereignty of God and the role of evil in the world is, like, we probably need to talk about the problem. We can't just do that in a minute? By itself. Um, But saying that God is not in charge, what... I'm so long-winded. How would you summarize that? Uh, You're more gifted in that. I guess... Well, I guess, like, this is something that... I'm not sure exactly how to address. I mean, in, you didn't in a know short I was going to ask you that. No, Sorry. I didn't. Uh, but I think with like God being in charge, I would say that um, it is within God's power to to stop or allow anything to happen that He wants. Um, yep. For some reason, there's some things that He doesn't stop, and He probably yep. has good reasons for it. Yep. Um, but that's pretty, basically where my understanding and assumptions end. Yeah. yeah. Are you cool with that kind of just that statement? Like, if if God is if God is ruling, right. and, and maybe that's Maybe that's where we're dissecting or, or splitting hairs is over like God's in charge, God is in control, mm-hmm. God is ruling. And yeah. so maybe that's a more accurate. So is God currently ruling on earth? Right. And there, there are things that are going on that, that he... should not be happening in yeah. his kingdom if he is ruling. Right. Absolutely. Right. That was one of my one of my old mentors. When I would talk about kingdom, that was always his fear mm. is that I, I made sure as a teacher that I informed my students that the kingdom is not fully present with us or else we do have a lot of these problems. And so he would uh, use this phrase. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think another one that we hear mostly in, I feel like people who have had a taste of theology or have read a couple of theology blogs have said this one. Yeah. And this one, this one is taking a large theological understanding and, and I won't even call it a statement, taking a large theological understanding and, and reducing it to a simple bumper sticker statement, which is, is is about the kingdom is that it is, um, Already not yet. Yeah, the already not yet kingdom, which is so allegedly a very Pauline thing um, to say. So it's cool because I think oftentimes we will interpret Jesus through the lens of Paul. Um, like we will read Paul's theology and then project that onto Jesus's ministry. I try to understand Paul from the lens of Jesus. Exactly. And so if Jesus is central I'm cooler message, than you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if Jesus' central message is the kingdom, then Paul picks that up. But But he's wrestling with the first century church saying, okay, well... Some of us are being killed, so the kingdom is here, <laughs> right? Um, but but not. But wait a minute. <laughs> but there's there's a, some part of this that is crap still going here. down. Yeah, yeah. People exactly. are still dying. Yeah, and I think the, <laughs> the, not the, al- the already but not yet kingdom I think is is a phrase that is a way of like reconciling those things. Yeah, yeah. And I honestly, it's a phrase that's not not terrible. I, I don't have a lot of baggage with this yeah. one. This is this is just one of those ones that um and I, you know you you mentioned it maybe it's said more by people who have a little bit more theological training or I would even say maybe a, a generation before us um yeah. who maybe were more churched even. And yeah. this was this was a phrase that was used a lot. I, I heard a lot growing up in the Presbyterian church. Mm. And it's a really small statement that has like really huge impact. And so yeah. I think it's just, it's just one that if you do use it, that you understand it. And yeah. really what we're saying is um, there are pockets of the kingdom that, that show up in the midst of, of empire right now. Right. And well, I guess I shouldn't say really what we're saying, but yep. a simple way to say that is that the kingdom can manifest amongst us, but it is not fully actualized or sure. fully realized or yep. manifest. And, and if you want to see a like five minute good explanation of this, um, then watch the Bible projects video on heaven and earth. Yeah. Um, so it does good. a really good job of taking that phrase and expanding it to something more robust. Yeah. And they actually, just to piggyback on that too, they also have one on, on the kingdom of, of God, or yeah. it might be called the kingdom of heaven, the video, but um, it unpacks more of that theology about what that looks like. And really the beauty there is as Christians, we don't necessarily have to, um, we are not waiting um, simply for the kingdom to be fully actualized, yeah. but that Jesus is asking us to participate it, uh, participate in it now. And that's even right. caught up in his prayer, right? Like, uh, may your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. May yep. may, may those things start taking place here. Yep. So, um, how about what how about the word worship? What does the word worship mean usually when someone says, "Oh, dude, let's have some sick worship"? It means three songs before the announcements, <laughs> before the speaker. Is that- <laughs> yeah, um, usually yeah. by uh, Chris Tomlin, uh, Hillsong, or Jesus Culture. Uh, you you you. You fulfilled worship. Yes. <laughs> you played that role today at, in chapel. I did. did you do I, any Chris Tomlin songs? I led worship. Uh, I did Digital Age, Hillsong, and who was the third one? Was that, oh, the All Sons breath? and Daughters. I was, I was a little bit of a hipster today. All I sons like and that daughters. song, dude. Yeah, that's good. That was good. So, yeah, so worship. Um, yeah, but oftentimes, yeah. worship is, is a chunk of the program. Right, and it's almost always <laughs> directly linked to music, um, which I, if we look at... What, what my Old Testament professor, Dr. Bruce Boulogne, his 
Um, shout out to Beloin. APU. Yeah, APU. Um, one of his things um, that he said is that worship always involves sacrifice. Mm. That there's a there's a laying down of something of oneself oh, in worship. I'm so glad you said that. And, and I think in music, sure, there's a laying down of your self consciousness by singing and participating in a corporate yeah. activity. Um, and there's something about like bringing attention and glory to God mm. and taking it away from yourself. Yeah. Um, and so those are parts of worship. But um, that's that's good. I remember like my hipster version of Christianity was like, dude, all life is worship, um, and. <laughs> You might have been that, on, you might have been onto something. Yeah, I, I think that's a little that it's true um, if we're living correctly, if we're living self sacrificially and always giving up the way that so, we want to so, do things for others. So ask me, so ask me what worship is. What's worship? I would say obedience. Hmm. And so with, I, that's why I like what you said about Boulogne. Like that is yeah. because when I obey, I am I am what I'm sacrificing is my right to not obey. Um, I'm sacrificing my right to follow um, to be my own god yeah. in my own life. And so um, in your hipster angstiness if that mm-hmm. was it like saying that all life like yeah I, th- I think worship is how we obey and, yeah. and how we obey means like am i you know again some of you out there like you hear that word and you cringe in mm-hmm. christianity i know i did growing up and still do to an extent but really how i'm understanding it now um like i was thinking about like uh like green lights and red lights like mm-hmm. how cool that our whole society really our, our whole world to a degree right like i mean, we've traveled a lot like we agree that green means go when we're driving and red means stop mm. like we obey we obey those things and if we don't obey them then we we die we could die <laughs> we could yeah. get tickets and so I, I think of like a life of worship or a life mm. of obedience is saying like okay i'm going to allow god to define good and evil define what life is and so if i live on that path then i am worshiping yeah and if we obey then we, you know we're just living in the world but not of it totally dude Whoa, that's I another, see what you did. That's, that's another phrase. Um, I'm just, oh, we're in one. the world, but not of the world, um, which is are, a very, you, it's a very packed statement from first Peter that we are resident aliens um, in this world, that our allegiance lies somewhere else. Um, but I think that oftentimes when we hear that phrase in the world, but not of the world, um, it's almost kind of used as a, uh, I feel like it's an us and them. I'm just going to jump yeah. in. Sorry. Yeah. It is. It's, it's, any any time <laughs> that there's another group in our culture that is doing something that Christians don't like, um, this is our phrase that we use to say that we can hate them. Mm. Like we're in the world, but we hate the gays, right? Or we hate the feminists, or so this it it's kind of lumped in with um, hate hate the sinner. No, hate the sin, love the sinner. Yeah, is I it think, kind of lumped I, together? I think that the, the, these two can the way that they can be used. Right, absolutely. Um, if I'm not mistaken, though, the, the, the world, the of the world part, like th- this is more having to do with um, Jewish eschatology yeah. and, and their view of like this current age and the age to come. Right. We are not like, like you were alluding to earlier with um, Jesus's temptation that if, if Satan is the current ruler of the air, right. um, then, <laughs> then we're saying, yeah, we, we do not bow to Satan. We do not pow- bow to darkness, um, but we are here as agents of light in the kingdom to do kingdom work and work of light. Yeah. Um, and so if that's the case, then sure, we will live differently, but how will we live differently? Yeah. Love. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll live differently by, by <laughs> enacting and, and being obedient to the kingdom of God. Not by divisive language right. and, and hedges of protection from those people. <laughs> yes. And, and if we're talking about <laughs> loving the, loving the sinner and hating the sin, then it's the same thing. Then, um, I, I think that, even though there's like truth in this, right? Um, that I can love a murderer and not love the fact that that person murders. I think sometimes we use this as a catch-all phrase to oh, say, "This is my this is my way of saying that it's okay for me." This is justification. Oh, no, I love them, That's right. except they're a no. You don't. Bleep. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Can I? Let's just do it. Let's go bold. No one. Yeah. I don't know who listens to us. Um, dear Christian. Yeah. <laughs> dear Christian, um, please stop saying that. Yeah. Um, and and. You know, th- this happens a lot in our classroom where we have kids. They'll they'll start sentences with like, um, "Mr. Seals, Mr. Randolph, is it a sin too?" Yeah. Um. So when when we say hate the sin, love the sinner, um, can we can we just identify that sin is a disease? And when we have those lists of like, like killing and robbing, and they, like th- these are just these are these are symptoms of that disease. Mm-hmm. And so I love humanity and I hate the disease that, that allows us to hate each other. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. And um, so and yeah, let's stop doing that one. Yeah. That's, and that's a silly one. There's a speaker from Stand to Reason who actually did a training for our staff about a year ago named Alan Schleeman. 
Um, and he did a training on the LGBTQ community. Yeah, that was really and good. And I know there's more letters, but like, well, I'm just yeah. going to stop at Q because that's enough. Um, but he was basically saying that like when you say this phrase um, to your friend who comes out to you as gay, oh. um, to, to someone who comes out to you as a lesbian or bisexual or... I still love you. I, just... I still love you. I just hate the fact, though, that... and. Like, even if in your interpretation and reading of scripture, you realize, yeah, okay, then this is not what God designed us for. This is missing the mark. Um, in that in that moment, what you were essentially saying is, thanks for sharing everything with me. I don't want to hear about I it. Hate I hate your identity. I, yeah. I don't hate you. I just hate everything that you align and identify with. Um, I wish it, someone would rebuttal with, you know what? And I love you. I just hate your judgmental condemnation. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Or <laughs> I, I, I love you. I just hate your Christianity. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, I think I've actually heard that. Mm, that's unfortunate. I probably deserved it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um, I, I think maybe the, maybe the last thing we can talk about is there's a few um, like one-liners that we'll use about the nature and character of God. Um, <laughs> there, there, there are multiple ways of saying a couple of these. One of them is the idea that God is three in one, yeah. um, which the Trinity um, I think that when we talk of the Trinity, we, we want to have like easily encapsulated ways of talking about things, which probably stems from the 1700s and the, the birth of the evangelical movement and the idea that faith can be simple and dumbed down. Um, but if we think about the creator of the universe who brought <laughs> space, time, material and energy into existence, um, then we're probably not going to have like a cool one liner to explain what that kind of being is like. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a kid's song. Um, with my daughter, it's just like people on a white screen doing hand motions. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, my God is so big and so strong and so mighty. You know that one? Uh, There's nothing my God cannot do. Anyway, in the, in the bridge. Sounds imperialistic. In, in the bridge, (laughs) there's one thing that, there's a part that goes one plus one plus one equals one. Um, like our God is three and one, one plus one plus right, one right. equals one, which is a logical fallacy. Yeah. Right. Cause that, we, that doesn't work. We all know math and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when we say that our God is three and one, what we're doing is we're taking the concept of the Trinity and dumbing it down to something that it does not make sense to us. Yeah. And, <laughs> and maybe even saying like committing some sort of heresy, mm. right. Um, yeah. and all like we, maybe we should do a Trinity thing, but if, if you, it's a scary one. Yeah, when it comes to the up. ways that we talk about the Trinity, a lot of times we, we will use an analogy, yeah. um, which like God isn't like water, right? He's not like, a, he's not an egg. He's not an egg. He's not like an apple. He's, he's not, not a clover. Like, he's not a clover. He's not like the sun. All of yeah. those are technically either modalism yeah. or Arianism or tritheism and all of those fall short of what the Trinity who is like one God and Trinity and the right. Trinity and unity right. having one essence, but three persons. Um, so basically when we're talking about something this crazy, deep and mind blowing, right. um, trying to bring it down to a simple statement might mess people up. Yeah. Like God, no, he is, he is not three in one because then that's like just a pie. You know what I mean? With um, Mitch Hedberg, the comedian, God rest his soul, he used to make fun <laughs> of um, uh, two-in-one shampoo, and he's like, that's not right. Two, two doesn't fit in one. That's why two was created. That's, <laughs> that stuff would be overflowing. Yes. So, yeah, if it doesn't work with shampoo. He might not say stuff. Bringing it full circle. Dude, come on. That was your daughter. Um, <laughs> what was the other one? Up there? Oh, the other um, is uh, fully God and fully human. Fully God, fully human. Yeah. That one is is an interesting right. one. And that this is trying to explain the incarnation. Yep. Um, and, and that's, I, it is true. He had, he had a, a divine nature and a human nature. But then like naturally in that discussion, we're going to have to say, okay, well then what is a divine nature? What is yeah. a human nature? Yeah. And how did, like, where was the tension, if anything, between yep. the two and... Um, you get into some really fun talks yeah. that I don't, I haven't heard, actually probably hear that one more often than the, um, the not already not yet, yeah. but I feel like it's kind of the same era and yep. the same, like the same vein. Um, yeah, I, I use that one in class to remind our students, uh, to make sure that we are looking at, right. uh, the accessibility of human Jesus right. because deity Jesus, I mean, that's who I want to be with and be right. like and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know how to approach him without him being fully human. Right. And that's one of what's interesting is that the early church, the main heresy that they had that's to contradict right. was that God was fully 
he, like that Jesus was fully human. Like now we argue and say, no, he was fully God. Yeah. While other people say, no, he was just a dude. Um, but back in the early church, first and second century, they were fighting the opposite direction mm-hmm. saying like, that's why John in his letter has to say, anyone who says that Jesus did not come in the flesh right. has the spirit of the antichrist. Yeah. Um, it's because Ooh. he had to say like, no dude, he was a guy. He was real. He was a man, yeah. not yep. just the spirit that looked like a guy. Which when you really start unpacking your Christianity, um, if he's not, um, that's really tough. And, yeah. and so, I, you know, that he is super accessible <laughs> yeah. as human, um, yeah. but fully God, fully human. It, it has, it has some, some baggage attached. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that the, like, if with all of these, I mean, there were some others like we, the God is outside of time. I mean, what do people mean when they say your heart? Like, is it the seat of your emotions mm. or something else? Or even all things are possible with God. Like, can God create a square circle or lift a rock so big he can't, or make a rock so big he can't lift it. All of these phrases, <laughs> um, it, they're great for the sake of simplicity, but I think that sometimes we sacrifice truth at yeah. the altar of simplicity. Oh, that's good. That's um, good. And uh, maybe I, I find that even in politics, like I know that we're in a heated political era. era. What do you mean? I know, right? Um, <laughs> and one of the things that I find most frustrating is not anything that either side is saying, but the lack of nuance oh, in all of the conversation. <laughs> like we're it. just saying like, I'm right, you're wrong. And then the other no. side is saying the same thing. No, I'm right. Yeah, exactly. No, one plus one plus one does equal one. Right. So, but then, <laughs> but, but then we're not saying what we even mean we're not, by we don't, these things. We're not saying anything. And so we're, we're talking, talking loud. past each other and getting louder yep. and then we're going to, and then we have riots. Yep. Um, and then we'll kill each other soon. Yep. And I, I maybe think we that, should do a, yeah. <laughs> an apocalypse yeah. one even, even on <laughs> again. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that if we're going to have a takeaway, especially in, in theological vocabulary like this, not, like we said this a bunch of times, you don't have to throw out these phrases, but when you're talking with um, people ab- about these sorts of things, um, do not be afraid to be the jerk that asks someone to define their terms. Cause if you're talking to a That's Jehovah's right. witness about what salvation is, it's going to mean something totally different That's than right. what you mean. And you're not a jerk for saying, what do you mean by saved? That's right. And, and um, if you're a teacher, which yeah. is kind of like what we, we at least think our podcast is helping other teachers right. and mentors out there. Like, um, as teachers, we need to check for understanding. Right. And so, right. I mean, that the, the, the opposite then is that we are just reinforcing this <laughs> rote learning in our classroom and that. Rote, rote learning Christianity, ro- robotic Christianity that just says Christian stuff mm-hmm. does not change the world. It does not address the the, the polemic issues going on in, in our country right now. And so, right. and so we do when we do say these things. Um, I think we have a responsibility as I mean we're getting older, right? right. We have the responsibility to the, to the next generation to say, hey. I don't just want to pass down this tradition to you. I want to make sure you understand it. And yeah. if and if that means that they we need to let them maybe redefine whatever the little catchphrase is going yeah. to be or come with, up with a new one. Yeah, with the same content, the same truthful meaning, then let's let's make sure that we do it. Yep, and I think even language can seem like such a surface issue. But oh, out, of, out of the abundance <laughs> of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Mm. And um, if we are able to bring nuance um, into the things that come out of our mouths, then maybe we won't be the superficial judgmental Christians that everybody sees us as, but we can actually show that there's some depth and authenticity under that. Sounds like the end of a podcast to me. Uh-huh. Amen. Shalom. Shalom.